All right. You ready to make the devil nervous? All right. Let's get your Bibles out. The B-I-B-L-E. That is the book, book for, for me. me. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can do. Says I can do. And I can be. And I can be. And I am. And I am. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I am. Y'all believe it? I do. I love your Bibles. Use your Bibles. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your written Word of God. It truly is a treasure. And Lord, sometimes uh, the truth hurts, but Father God, we thank you, you are our healer. And so Father God, we just come to your word to receive direction, correction, inspiration, life, and godliness. So Father, we thank you for the teacher, the Holy Spirit, who goes to work in our lives, showing us the right paths, how to live, how to be prepared, and how to honor you. In Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. amen. Very good. Well, we've been going through the book of Ephesians for quite some time now. Yes. And uh, we are not done. So we got to the last How many chapter. are getting something out of the book of Ephesians? Okay. Good, good, good. That's what we want. Whoops. I got it. Put a T in there instead of an R. So we are uh, got to chapter 6 where, how many know what chapter 6 in Ephesians is about? Wow. The armor of God. Okay, wow, that was super <laughs> That was weak. a big pause. Is anybody really studying at home? What has chapter 6 got in it? Okay, that was a little better. My goodness <laughs> sakes. Are so you, do gonna, you need more coffee this morning? We're going to, well, some of the dudes went hiking yesterday, and so. They're like, sore. Well, let, was, your brains are, shouldn't be sore. So let's uh, let's get into. Uh, apparently, this is important stuff to teach. Yes. So let's get into it. So, uh, and so chapters one through three have been teaching, uh, kind of called the doctrinal chapters, if you will. Um, teaching doctrine, another fancy word to just say teachings, and then chapters four, five, and six are how to apply those first three chapters into our everyday life. So as we're going into chapter 6, we're going to apply some of those truths that we earlier read and how to be uh, armored up and ready. How many know we got a real enemy? And he's not a seen enemy. A lot of you might be elbowing one another right now, <laughs> but that's not the real enemy. The en real enemy is spiritual. So I love how, you know, even in the last chapter and this, we're getting such practical stuff, and the armor of God is still practical. So we got practical stuff about husbands and wives. How many were here for that? If you weren't, listen online. Husbands and wives and children, and then he went into employees and employers and all of that. And now we're getting into, he's, he's going to talk about the enemy and how we can combat the enemy, not flesh and blood, but the real enemy. And so let's go to chapter 6, verse 10. And he's, and I just want to read those first two words, a final word. So basically what he's saying, after everything I've said, I'm getting to some stuff I really want you to pay attention to. 
How many know when you're like, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and by the way, pay attention. And then you tell them, when you go to the grocery store, don't forget to get cream for my coffee. Because if you come home without cream, I will kill you. So it's kind of like that. And he says a final word. Not that that's ever, conversations ever happened in anyone's home. A final word. Be strong in the, why don't we just say that? Be strong, Be strong in the in Lord. The Lord. And in his, in his mighty, mighty power. power. There's that word power again. You think God wants to get something across to us today? And he's, there's an expectation that God's saying, rise up to a level of power in your life. And so he's going to tell us how to do it. And, uh, and we don't have time to go into it today, but how do we know the enemy, his tactics, his ways, how he trips us up? We know he's a deceiver. We know he's a liar. We know he comes in as an angel of light, and then he turns around and deceives us into falling for junk. So, so in order to do that, he's saying, get armored up. Okay, so we're going to verse 11. Put on. Everybody say put on. Put on. All of God's armor. So that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil, which is what you're talking about. Verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Everybody go, whew. No, it is not your family member. It is not your distant relative. It is not your employer. It is not your neighbor. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Did y'all get that? but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So if you notice that word fighting against, the word fighting, um, got to go back into Paul's mind. What was he seeing? What was he thinking in that first century? And how many know the Olympic Games didn't just start 100 years ago? The Grecian games were a part of Paul's life, his reality, the community. Uh, marathons started in the first century. So this is something Paul's familiar with, with um, uh, games, sporting events. And so when he says fighting, he's using a term that we would kind of call boxing. Uh, but it wasn't boxing like we know it. So boxing, Unfortunately not. boxing to them was, we would call it combat sports, but there was only one survivor. <laughs> so it was brutal, brutal. And so when Paul's saying our warfare, our fighting, he's telling the believer, this is a blood sport and there's only one survivor. So you better armor up that you put down the enemy and he stays down. So something that we need to understand is in this sporting that there are two teams. And when you are born, you are born on the wrong team. <laughs> you're born with a sinful nature. And so when you're born on that sinful, you, you can even be a good good guy, a good boy, a good girl. I, I was called a goody two-shoes, but I was still born still are. 
called on the wrong team. I still had to choose to get on the right team. I still had to choose to uh, be on God's team and to accept his power, as we talked about even earlier. But basically, when you switch teams and you get saved and you're born again and you become a believer, you are what they would call a defector. You defect. How many know that in war terms, when you defect, that's not really a good thing. The enemy doesn't like defectors. Am I right? Okay, let's talk military. Do we like defectors? No. So do you think the enemy is going to be a little upset that you chose the other team? Of course. Do you think he's going to want to try and get you back on his team? kids do you get this do you think the enemy is going to want you to defect back to doing evil things and being on the wrong team yes come on intermediate i love you you know me you're in here you know me you don't you want to be on the right team right yes i'm looking around for my buddies we want to be on the right team and you know satan is a defector he defected you know, in heaven, he had everything going for him, and he had rebellion against God, and he is a, such a deceiver. He deceived one-third of the angels. So we're not just dealing spiritually against Satan. We're dealing against his minions, a third of the angels that went with him. But the good news is he's outmanned and he's outgunned because two-thirds stayed faithful, and they are ministering servants to God's people, you and I. And so when we ask God, and we're in difficult times, sometimes I'll just say, Father, I just thank you for ministering our angels. In fact, Father, I ask you to dispatch ministering angels on my behalf. Or How, warring angels. We don't, pray to, we don't pray to angels. Nope. Don't ever pray to angels. But you can ask God to dispatch. How many got some situations you wish the, some angels could come all along? Raise up your hand, right? Let's just take care of some business. Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we know two-thirds of the angels are for us and are willing to help us. They are yes. called ministering servants waiting to do something for us. So, Father, these hands that are raised up have specific needs and issues. So we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus to dispatch warring angels on our behalf. On the, These precious people have situations and issues going on in their life that you would send them to go to war and bring mercies and deliverances and healings and money in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, you can do this at any time. So I'm driving to church, and in my neighborhood, I see a car that, and I know my neighbor's cars. You know, you, you know your neighbor's cars, and this is just literally you know, a couple of houses from me. I know my neighbor's cars. I know this is not one of my neighbor's cars. I see the individual standing outside his car, and I see him scoping the neighborhood. And my gut knew that something was not right. You ever have a gut check? So what did I do? I did exactly what Pastor Greg just did. I said, Father God, great, the scripture just says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm on the right side. So therefore, I command any kind of evil that is trying right now in my neighborhood to leave. That evil spirit, that, that 
temptation of evil to dwell or do something right around my area has to leave right now. That individual gets in their car and they leave. I'm on my way to church. I'm not worried about it. I'm not stressed about it. I am extremely peaceful about it because I know the greater one on the inside lives in me. Therefore, I've taken care of it in prayer. I come to church and I have complete peace and I'm not worried in the least. That's what we're talking about. That is what the armor of God is all about. You know who you are, you take your authority, and you move on. And, you know, I love the, the fact that we have ministering servants. And greater is he who's not only in me, yeah. but a surrounding host of military angels that are for me. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's get to putting on the armor of God. Let's go down to verse 14. It says, stand. Everyone just say stand. Stand. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop all the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is a sword of God. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere so we're not going to get to all that we are um you know we've been in an ephesians series and this is going to continue but this is like a mini series within ephesians we are not going to get through the whole armor of god today because there is a lot to teach in the armor of god so corey jackson would you come on up and join me just for a moment Please. So this is Corey. Everyone say hi, Corey. Hi, Corey. So um, you're a Christian. You're a believer. You know God. And so the Bible says, stand your ground. So give me your most lackadaisical, carefree stand. <laughs> Lay down. Now. You got an enemy that's wanting to push you over, take you down, and, uh, and you are going to stay alert. You're going to be ready. You're going to have not just a stand, but a stance. What would that look like? <laughs> stand up, shoulder, chest puffed out, shoulders back, ready to go, ready to do battle. Okay, so... I better get out of the way. A while ago, I lived in a different state, and I had um, this individual who wanted to, it was, it was almost midnight, and he wanted to come peep in my, in my window, and my husband was at work. My stance changed when that individual came and was right in front of me at the sliding glass door. You want to see what my stance looked like? What do you think you're doing? I went forward. And when we're talking about the enemy, there are times you're going to have to take a stance like this. There's a, there's a laid back stance and we all need to rest in our safe haven. There's a time in your life when you got to do this. What do you think you're doing? I bet if somebody came knocking on your door, you wouldn't have your hands in your pocket going, hey, what's up? Am I right? 
right? I didn't think so, because I know you, and I know you're a protector. And if you think anybody's going to get to your little lady, something's going to change. What, what would it really look like? Yeah, yeah. There'd be a bat in hand, and you'd be doing what I just did. What do you think you're doing? We can do that in the spirit realm. Honey, come back. Good job, Corey. Sorry to put you on the spot. But when the Bible says stand your ground, get a mental picture of someone about ready to do harm to you. Because in reality, spiritually, the enemy wants to do harm not only to you, but all your loved ones. And so if we're just spiritually standing with our carefree attitude, the enemy is just going to walk right into our life and take and steal and destroy. So we have to, Paul is literally saying, stand your ground, stay alert, be ready, have your guns cocked and loaded. Amen. All right. Let's see what the first armor is. What is it? Can we, do we have a picture to put up? There we go. A belt, a belt of truth. What does a belt do? I, you know, you wear belts. Guys, you wear belts a whole lot more than us ladies do. So tell us, what, what does a belt do? So this is the first piece of armor, and I think it's first not just because it's out of order or you're just throwing things out there, because normally he would have started from the head and worked his way down. But instead, he's in a Roman prison at this time, and he's probably saying, Christians need to be like this soldier who's standing guard here over me. And you know, one of the most important things about this soldier is his belt. And it's not just a belt. It's more like a utility belt. And so he, the, the bat belt, yes. And so good, good illustration. It's not just a belt to hold your britches up. But, you know, a belt is in the middle of you. It's the center of your life. It's the center of your being. And spiritually, we need to have truth, the belt of truth, to be the core of who we are and what we believe and what we stand for. We're living in a day where people, their core beliefs are based on something false, deceived, confusion. They don't know what to base anything on. How many as a believer, you know what your belt of truth is? It's the word of God. This is your belt, okay? This is where you go to for any kind of truth. If you're confused, go to the Word. This is your belt of truth. And that's right. And how many know if your belt is just loosey-goosey or you don't even have a belt and you're a soldier, you're running, holding your pants up, you know, as you're trying to fight the enemy. I'm coming at you, but i got to keep my pants up, you know. <laughs> and not, you know, you're going to be, I mean, just think of the mentality of somebody that's got their pants falling down and they're in the middle of a fight and they got to keep holding their pants up. Um, your confidence, you know, if, if we're all watching this fight going down and this guy's trying to hold his pants up. I mean, honestly, can you get a picture of it? If somebody's trying to fight and all they're doing is holding their pants up. And we're betting. That's hilarious. You know, this little drama's going on in front of us. I'm like, okay, I'm, t 
I got my money on the dude that's got his belt up because the dude without his belt and holding his pants up, he's going down. And so we got to have the belt firmly attached to us. And now, it's a very important part of our life. For a woman, a belt is, is sometimes an accessory, but it's sometimes, you know, honestly, your belts are kind of the most boring part of your outfit. Yeah, you heard what I said. Yeah, nothing. I got no bling on it. No bling. Do you know, I've heard many individuals say, well, I don't read the Bible because it's... You just said it. But the fact of the matter is, without it, you got no truth. This is a necessity. You got to base your whole life on it. The, the soldiers, that was a necessity because it held everything together. It was a necessity. And the loin belt was a vital part because it held the, the shield that they would carry, had a clip on it, and they could not only manually, muscularly hold the shield up, but the belt had a place where they could rest the shield on their belt. So your faith is attached to truth. And they had knives, swords, and spears. And they did just didn't carry that stuff in their hands, you know. No, it was perfectly attached to their belt. So when they needed a knife, they had it. When they needed their sword, whoosh. So stuff is attached to truth. The Word of God is attached to truth. Your faith is attached to truth. Love is attached to truth. Authority is attached to truth. So if you lay aside your Bible, you lay aside the truth, it's like putting your belt down. You're not ready when the enemy attacks. And if we're, well, it's, if we're not in the truth, then the devil can deceive you with alternative forms of truth. So we need to be in the truth. If you don't have a Bible daily Bible reading plan, you need one. Mm -hmm. You really need one because we're living in a, you know, you just briefly read 2 Timothy chapter 3, and he says, in the last days, there will be great deception. And we're living in those days where deception is greatly abounding. You know, I'm all about different aspects that I love, whether it's praise and worship is usually that is a huge part of my life. That is in my home. That is in my earbuds all the time. But I can't base my life on praise and worship. I can base my life on the truth and the belt of truth. Are you hearing me? Praise and worship is something God has commanded us to do, but that is not the belt. The belt is the word of God. It's the truth of the Word of God. That's what you can base your life on. And if all your life is during the week consists of just praise and worship and you never get into the Word of God, you're missing your belt. And you're going to have some things fall off of you. You're going to be loosey-goosey. Your walk of faith is going to be loosey-goosey if you don't have this in your daily time. Pants are going to fall down. And your pants you will are going to fall down. I'm just saying. It's going to be, it's going to be just horrible, horrible scene. 
Um, <laughs> but social gatherings, church social gatherings, as good and as beneficial as they are, mm-hmm. are not the belt of truth. That's right. Are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I go to church. But do you read your Bible? Uh, church is great, and we're, we should go to church. And the Bible tells us to go to church. That's, that's all it's, good. It's not the belt of truth. It's not truth that holds us together. It is godly. It is good. It is right, and we should all be in church. And thank you for being here, and thank you for watching. But you gotta, there is no substitute. Worship is not truth. Church attendance is not truth. Even your prayer life, which God is inhabiting the prayers of his people, your prayer life, prayer life is not the belt of truth. Are you hearing me? Because I hear a lot of people who pray, but they pray amiss because they don't even know the truth. You're not even going to know how to pray if you don't know the truth. And here's the other thing. We're leaky vessels. I don't even know how many times I've read through the Bible. I've literally lost count. But I know I'm a leaky vessel, and so I have to continue reading the Bible every day. I went to Bible school, graduated, but I need this every day because we are leaky vessels, and we need the belt of truth. All right. How many love the belt of truth? your utility belt, holds your weapons, keeps your shield up, keeps your breastplate, which we'll go to next, keeps it tight. Well, I got to read 2 Timothy 3 before we move on to the breastplate. And this is a powerful scripture for this church. Because this church was was created and built upon this scripture. Because we like the Bible. Because we do like the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for. It's going to tell you now what the belt of truth will do for you. It's going to give you doctrine. It's going to give you reproof. Nobody likes reproof, but it's a necessary component in our life. Reproof, correction, instruction, in righteousness. Do you know that you even find out who you are when you read this book? That's your right standing with God. That's your righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, equipped for every good work. Did you hear that? For every good work, thoroughly equipped. The word equipped there is means to be completely outfitted or to have a full supply. Woo! Yeah. How many of you want to be Christians that are completely outfitted with a full supply? Yeah. Man, I'm telling you. You know, when you, uh, we went hiking over the weekend, some of the guys, and, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, if you go, I uh, was told that they were thinking people down here were seeing some storms, thunderstorms and lightning heading up into the mountains and asked me this morning, hey, did you guys get caught in that thunder and lightning rainstorm? No, we didn't. But we were equipped because we brought rain shelter just in case it did. But, you know... If you go hiking in the woods and you're not equipped with uh, shelter, you're not fully equipped. And God doesn't want us to be ill-equipped. He wants you fully equipped for whatever. How many know the devil is slimy, 
slippery, tricky, deceiving, conniving. And you might think, okay, I got this. I know how he could come at me this way. But how many know he knows where the back door is? So God doesn't want you. He wants your whole life protected. And so the enemy can't come in the front door, the back door, a window, or cut a hole through the roof. Either way, he's going to be detected and he's going to be blown away. So, so good. All right. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the breastplate of righteousness. I think we got a picture of that one. There we go. All shiny. Wow, that looks awesome. Now, I want to read um, Ephesians 6.14 out of two translations. I'm going to first read the New King James. It says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, which we talked about, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to read now out of the NLT. It says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. So one translation uses the word breastplate. One uses the term body armor. But we also see that same word body armor in 2 Corinthians 6, 7. Um, You don't have to turn there. I'll put it up on the screen. It says, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. So when I read that, I always have thought of the, ar- the armor or the breastplate as only covering right here. I never thought about the arm on the right and the left. So I read that verse and I'm like, what does it mean, the right hand and the left? And then I, I looked at a picture of, can I go back to that picture of what the, Once again, Paul is referring to the Roman soldiers. Do you see that it covers part of the arm? And I went, oh, so our armor of righteousness or our breastplate of righteousness is is not only when we are in right standing with God, he's got your right and your left, and he's got all of this covered. I thought, well, that's cool. He's not only protecting the righteousness when I know who I am in in Christ. It's not just protecting my heart. It's protecting because how many know your arms are what you're using? You need your arms. You're using them all the time. And that righteousness is protecting that. For all that you do in a right standing with God. Amen. How many know we want God's favor on our life that whatever we do, God is with us. And he is helping us in everything we do. And that's part of the righteousness of God in our life. And the breastplate to a Roman soldier, which Paul's identifying this teaching from, it's the most shiny, the biggest piece of armor. It is, it is made of polished. And this is just one picture, but if you I encourage you, just look up some uh, Roman antiquity of soldiers. I think sometimes they had a lion's head on it and just all beautiful and or just cut abs and, you know, pecs and just, you know, real muscular looking. Because when the enemy shows up and he sees this dude with, you know, might be just the scrawniest little puniest guy, but his breastplate's got these big old pecs and big old abs, he's, the enemy might be like, is that what's really behind that armor, you know? <laughs> but he doesn't know, doesn't want to take the chance, right? And so we might be small in the body of Christ, but when you're in right standing, Amen. you are shiny, you got muscles, you got, and it's not just deception, it is a reality 
because God is for you, and if God be for you, yeah, that's right. So this was also the heaviest piece of equipment, am I correct? And um, I have down 40 pounds. That's pretty heavy. Right, right or take. You're, you're more good on the stats. I'm going to let you go for stats. Give or take, 40 pounds was kind of what, uh, you know, the studies show. Well, and Goliath, you looked up Goliath. His was more than 40. Goliath's breastplate of shamefulness was uh, <laughs> 125 pounds. I mean, we know this guy Ooh. was a big dude to be packing 125, 125 pounds, pounds as one of his armor pieces that he had. Right, right. Um, you I know, so me. the other thing, you're talking about it being shiny. Now, I like shiny things. You know that. This is the bling I am the, the bling girl. I love bling. If it's, if it's blingy, it's all, I'm all in. So you got me at shiny. But it wasn't just shiny for no reason. <laughs> because how many know when, when the sun hits something shiny, what does it do to you? It blinds you, and you've you got to step back, or you're trying to shield, shield. Do you know that when you got the armor on, the breastplate of righteousness, when you are in the righteousness of God, in other words, you're in right standing with God, you know that. You know who you are. And you step into a room, and let's just say a room of evil, it's blinding. It's blinding. People got to step back. Because you shine. Do you know that Christians ought to be the shiniest, blingiest people ever? If you got gloom and doom on your face, you don't got your breastplate on. Are you hearing me? Because the Bible said you're supposed to put this on. How do you put on something called a breastplate? Well, we're not going to go around, like especially us women, we're not going to even put on a fake armor because that's just not something we do every day. Am I right? What can we do? We still got to put something on spiritually. We're putting on who we know who we are in Christ. We're putting on that we are the righteousness of God. Therefore, your face ought to show it. If you look depressed and sad and downhearted, I don't think you got your armor on. Because if you know who you are, it ought to bring a smile to your face. You ought to be one of the happiest people around. When you walk on your job, you have a smile because you know who you are. When you're in your home, I'm going to step on all of our toes, including my own. When you're in your home, do you take it off? No. Does that mean your face still ought to put on a smile? Even when it's 530 in the morning? I thought the uh, biblical rules were smiling is after two cups of coffee. Are you all following me? We all live in the same world, right? Put it on. Keep it on. For your spouse, for your kids, for when you go out and about, put on the armor. And that means here, here, put it on. Put on the smile. Put on the joy of the Lord. Put on that you know who you are in Christ. And it's, it's not guilt, shame, or feeling inferior. 
And we have to get rid of that mentality in our life that somehow God is mad at us, God is disappointed in us. What we got to do is what you mentioned in communion. Turn on the power. Receive everything. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Receive it and walk in it and let your light shine bright. And when the sun, Jesus Christ, is shining on you, part of a priestly prayer, the priests would pray a blessing over people, and they would say, may God's face shine upon you. Now, the devil, he can't tell the difference in you being clothed in Christ or righteousness or if it's Christ himself because you're blinding either way. So if you're in righteousness with God and those body, sometimes they were... uh, metal pieces that would rub against each other. And, you know, as they walked and moved around, it didn't make those pieces dull. It made them more shiny and brilliant. And you get together with a bunch of Christians that are got the armor of God, man, it's a disco ball going on. <laughs> That's why church is so fun. It's like a disco ball going on. Gonna We're all hugging and loving. I mean, right? Okay, we have been known as a very loving church. And I'm so thankful that that is what we're known for. I can't count how many, many people have come through these doors and went, wow, that is the most loving church ever. It's amazing. I sit back and go, wow, these people really like each other. Well, that's cool. We're loving, we're hugging, we're smiling. That's because we put on the righteousness. We've got the armor of God on. We're shining. And why do we need this breastplate of righteousness? to cover your heart, your vital organs. You need the breastplate of righteousness to protect you because the devil is shooting arrows at you constantly. One of the names of the devil is Diablos. What does that mean? Yeah, Karina's got it. It's, it's the picture of somebody with a hammer. Now, you go up to a brick wall, a cinder brick wall, and you take a hammer and you pound on it. You might not break through on the first strike, but how many know if you just got some time and some patience and you just keep hitting, keep hitting, keep hitting, maybe after the several times, all of a sudden a crack will begin in that cinder block. Are you following me? So then the enemy starts getting motivated, all right. I got a foothold. I got a crack. He starts pounding more and more and more, and that crack turns into a hole. Well, now he's really motivated, and he just keeps cracking and crack, beating and beating, and start beating all those pieces off until he breaks through. And that is a picture of the enemy against you and me. He might come at you once, but you need to know he's not done. And if you're not protected... He's going to break into your heart. He's going to break into your vital organs. You need righteousness on God's righteousness that he can try numerous attacks, but ain't nothing getting through. So, Pastor Greg, I want, to, I want them to, to get this. It's not that we allow him to keep hitting us. He can't break through only if we allow him to break through. And here's the scripture on it. Isaiah 58, 17 says, here we go. Are you ready? Y'all need to underline this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
No. There's that word weapon. prosper. We heard about it in the offering. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, here's the deal. What Pastor Greg is talking about is if you don't put your armor on, he will keep pounding. He will keep shooting. But here's the deal. When you're, and we're talking now, I'm going to go back to your thought life. If the enemy, you cannot prevent the enemy from giving you a thought. You can prevent the enemy when you decide to continue thinking about it. Let me give you something really practical. You, uh, this is what I do, and you're free to plagiarize it. Okay? Are you ready? When a thought from the enemy comes my way, here's what I say. Sometimes if I am alone, I'll say it right out loud. There is nothing in Starling Martin for that to attach itself to. I dismiss that thought. See, I'm no different than you. I still, the enemy still throws the arrow or throws the hammer, but you have a choice. And I, I have my armor on, therefore, I choose no. My armor's on. I do not receive that. I, I'm, I'm take, there's nothing within me to attach itself to. You can either allow the thought to penetrate, and pretty soon he just keeps hammering and hammering till you have believed all kinds of things. I, I, we just got to we just got to rewind today, yeah, and bring Sharon Hahn up just for a quick hot minute. Can you do that? Come on up. Sharon Hahn preached what she she taught in team meeting this morning. It was um, such a good devo about worry and anxiety, and she said something that is literally gold that will help us at this point in righteousness. So you were saying that worry and anxiety would come, but you do something with your mouth. Could you just explain that to us? Yeah, you start talking about something else. Yeah. Because thoughts come normal? Yeah, you don't have to think a thought just because it comes to you. And if you're talking about something positive instead of something negative, that helps redirect it. Now, Sharon, so many individuals watching right now are dealing with what you've talked about, panic attacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big buzzword nowadays. And you talked about how you dealt with panic attacks, and you tell, even to the point of medication, and you said, but now you don't even have to carry it anymore. Can you help that individual who's watching right now that's like, please, how do I get rid of this? Yeah, I mean, I started reading the Bible more. I got really into some praise and worship music and found stuff that, I really connected with and just started refocusing what I was thinking about and what I was looking at and what I was listening to and just putting in as many good things as I could find to put in. And it was a slow process, but if you keep putting in the good things, there's no room for anything else. Ooh, that's it right there. Say it again. If you keep putting in the good things, there's no room for anything else. Oh, that's a statement. Give Thank her a you. Hand. That Thank was awesome. You. So she's this morning she wasn't just teaching it. She lived this out. She lived putting on the breastplate of righteousness. The Bible says to take every thought captive. 
And that's how the enemy comes, with his little hammer, little arrows, trying to penetrate, get something inside of us. But we got the righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, and the devil is already... How many have read the end of the book and realized the devil is defeated? Our job is to stand our ground that has been taken. He ain't coming in me, coming in my family, my loved ones. Come on. We have the armor of God. We hope this really helps us because we have been made right with God through Jesus Christ. Would you stand with us? We got to put on the, you know, Lord, put righteousness on me. He won't do it. Won't do it because it says you put on. Everyone say put on. Put on. That's our responsibility. We have something to do. We have to put on truth. That means we got to be in the Word. We got to be in the Word. We got to put on our righteousness. With every head bowed and eye closed, just want to take an opportunity for us that are in here and those who are watching online. If Jesus Christ is not your Savior, the one in charge of your life, we want to give you an opportunity to either connect or reconnect with the Lord. And I want to count to three. If you're in this place, raise your hand. Those of you watching online, respond as well. And Pastor Starling's going to lead us all in a prayer right where we're at, whatever you're doing online. But you need to know God's love is pursuing you. He does not want you to be defeated. He does not want you to be taken advantage of. He does not want the enemy to continue to steal and rob you of life and joy and peace. Jesus wants to set up his throne in your heart and in your life and help you be more than a conqueror. Be the overcomer he's called you to be. And it begins with this simple prayer of receiving Jesus or reconnecting. If you've fallen away, man, get reconnected. This is so important to you, both now and for all eternity. One, today is the perfect day. Two, tell the devil to get out of your heart and mind right now. And three, respond by raising your hands in this place. Receive Jesus. Come on. Get right. Receive him. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Would you all pray this prayer with those who've raised their hands, those watching online, listening by the sound of my voice. Repeat this prayer. You need to get right with God. Today is your day. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the blood of Jesus. For the blood of Jesus. That forgives me. That forgives me. Where I have fallen short. Where I have fallen of short. Of your best. Of your best. And I ask today. And I ask today. That you would be. That you would be. Not only my Savior. Not only my Savior. But completely in charge. But completely in charge. Lord of my life. Lord of my life. I give it all. I give it all. To you. To you. And I thank you. I thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. One more thing before we dismiss, and that is to believers listening or in this room. I believe there is a challenge that has gone forth. Sharon summarized it there at the end. She said, I put good things in, which is the belt of truth. And then I allow nothing else which is your shield, your armor, your righteousness, knowing who you are in Christ. 
man, this week. We're going to keep going with the armor of God and learn so much more. But can you work on those two things this week? Those watching, man, dive into the word of God this week.